This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Mitch Marsden digging my potatoes there. I don't know if we're going to hear that track when uh, Burning Up the Blues number two comes to the Mayfair Theatre on Saturday the 22nd of May, but perhaps Mitch Marsden can tell us now. He's in the studio with a couple of his Oxo-Cuban friends, Craig Reese and uh, Marcel Rodica. Uh, Morena, all of you, good to have you with us here on the Awesome Morning Show. G'day, Midge. Uh, hi Jeff. Mid Hi Craig. Hi uh, Marcel. <laughs> G'day hey, Mitch, how are you? Good morning. I'm good, good, good. Good, good to hear you. And uh, yeah. I, I, I imagine, uh, Midge, when you get an opportunity to catch up with uh, with, with colleagues like these, uh, you, you do look forward to them with some sense of anticipation. Well, it's, uh, it's been... How many years has it been? Two years since we did the last one. Three. It's 2017. Oh, Jesus, time flies, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> God. Midge, it's not hard to find references to you retiring online. What happened with that? Uh, well, it's still in the wind. You know, I kind of just, you have to mention it occasionally just to say to people, how long are you going to keep doing this? Said, well, you know, as Spike Milligan always says, you know, retire before the ointment wears off. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all that. <laughs> Oh, you, you know, it, it comes to a point where you think, okay, I've got other things to do, and it's, it, the music scene, and particularly you know, since COVID and stuff, is not like it used to be. So, uh, treats like this, coming down Dunedin and, and Timaru to do these gigs with um, with the boys, is, is, is a nice break away from um, from up north. And um, we had really good fun last time, so I'm sure it's a really good way to do it. And I do, I believe that uh, a bass player from Dunedin who used to be in my band, off and on for years, is John Dodd is playing this year. Yes, he is. Yes, he's uh, yeah. his first outing so, with us. Yeah. So that's good. That's a bit of a reunion, too. Really looking forward to it. But, um, yeah, um, and I hear that uh, the tickets are selling good. Yeah? Yeah, we've just got a handful left, actually. They've gone really well. So. Uh, wow. Well, well, that's all good. So maybe we can sell the rest of them today after your conversation with uh, with us, Midge. Um, you know, I'm just reflecting on the fact that you know, over such a long career, you've had so many um, wonderful relationships with musicians around some of the greats. You know, the, the Martin Winches of this world, Beaver, people like that. Um, yeah. Sunny Day. Yeah. Uh, you've introduced um, international acts to New Zealanders uh, as well. And um, I suppose you probably, over the course of those decades, would have lost count of the number of people you've stepped on to the stage with. But uh, I suppose, you know, given that we're talking still about your career uh, in the present tense, it's the fact that you get this opportunity to mix it up a bit that makes it uh, vital for you. Yeah, yeah, it does actually. That's what I mean. Like doing this, this the gig in Dunedin is is really good because I don't get to work with you know Marcel and Craig very often. And up here, I have a basic uh, crew of musicians I use for for gigs. You know, and sometimes do a few duo things. But yeah, looking back, and it's funny that because I noticed uh, online the other day someone put a photo up of the Sunset Strip in nineteen sixty something, and well, uh, Wayne Allen was the drummer, and I'm not sure who they were, but. I came to Dunedin back in 1965 and worked for Eddie Chin. That was Sunset, the Sunset Strip. And I think that was such a long time ago. But, you know, and <laughs> people said, oh, are you that old? 
But yeah, it's a, it's got a, a really good history, you know, in Dunedin and, 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 and the South Island. You know, you think of all the musicians that came out of Christchurch and made their way north and stuff. And uh, I was recently down there for, for Max Merritt's wake. And, and a lot of older musicians from the era are all still there and, and talking about, you know, all the people I've met and uh, over the years and who did you enjoy playing with the most. And uh, I guess... Stevie Ray Vaughan was one of the ones that I, I did meet in about 1982-83 and got to know them. And it's good that you mentioned that, Jeff, because I suddenly think someone said, you'd write a book. You should write a book and write down all that stuff. But the memory is just fogged. I don't remember a lot of it. You know, you just don't remember. But you, you, you look back and think of all the people that you have met and played with. You know, it's, it's quite immense. And we managed to bring a couple of them out from America. Uh, a, black, uh, a black guy from Mississippi called Willie... Willie Foster, we brought him out two or three times, and that was really good, you know, and uh, as you mentioned, some of the people that I work with uh, are sadly not with us anymore, and that, that's, that's the sad part of this business, you start to think, you know, and I'm Graham Brazier and Dave McCartney, good grief, you know, all these people mm. our age mm. are slowly not with us anymore, so I don't know, I, I'm not, I'm not going to write a book, I, you know, <laughs> no. Um, I, I'm sitting here thinking you absolutely have to write a book. Same here, <laughs> thinking the same thing. Um, I'm going to embarrass you a bit now, um, uh, Midge, and I'm going to ask you, your fellow musicians to talk a little bit about you. Uh, Marcel, um, tell us about you, your first connection uh, with Midge and, and what it is that you love about being part of his music. I think, um, I think I've, well, I, while I was living in Australia and touring in Australia, Midge was doing his thing. Uh, around New Zealand and overseas and stuff and had always heard about Midge but we didn't actually start playing together I think I think it was Timaru Midge at the, at the very first time I think we ever did a show together is that correct? At the, that, that'd be right I think that's yeah. right and that's where we kind of as you do when you when you uh, work with people you um, you form a bit of a bond and a bit of a friendship and you think oh that was good we should do that again sometime and it's yeah, been once, yeah. once or twice that we've uh, done another couple of shows together, and then we did the Mayfair Theatre the very first time. And uh, but what struck me with Midge is that um, Midge may may have been around a while, but he's not lacking energy and oh. and, and effort and and class. So and I do really mean that, you know. So. Um, Connecting with us was just, uh, and connecting with me, being his drummer for those shows was just brilliant. And uh, I learnt a lot about him and his music, and uh, and uh, that's why we're here today talking. Craig, what do you like about the opportunity to play this kind of repertoire with Midge? Well, it's it's uh, it's like um, I've been fortunate enough to play with some really classic New Zealand musicians over the years, and playing with Midge has kind of rounded out the box set. Really, it's it's just <laughs> it's just wonderful. You know, it's. Uh, He's got such a encyclopedic uh, knowledge of New Zealand music, blues music, music in general that it's um, it's like going to the well playing with Mitch. Okay. You, uh, you learn a lot. Um, every show we've done has been a, a real corker. We've had a great time. The crowds have responded really, really well. Um, the last time we did the Mayfair, I think we sold out. And it looks like we're going to be on track to do that again this time. Fantastic. So, um, Midge, tell us about yeah. um, about your approach to putting a, a set list together for a show like this. Yeah, it, because it's a theatre, it's sort of a seated uh, theatre, although some people get up and dance, you kind of got to select from the, the, my back catalogue and certain things uh, to do that will suit an audience that's um, there to be entertained and who are sitting, you know, as opposed to doing a, 
a pub gig or whatever and just tuning out everything, bang, bang, bang. So it takes a bit of time. And uh, unfortunately, I've got my guitar player, Chet O'Connell. He's really good with uh, helping me select the song list. In fact, this time, um, he, he picked them all. <laughs> said, hey, Amage, this is what we're doing. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> do I get a say? No, not really. <laughs> now, of course, uh, Midge, Midge, you know, you know mean guitarist yourself, but you also got um, Chet O'Connell on board for the show. Who can tell us about Chet's work? Yeah, well, I met him about, oh, it's, it's a long time. I think it's 15, maybe longer years. I had a guy called uh, Rob Gelly was playing for me up here in Auckland, and uh, he used to be in a band called The Furies, I believe. Anyway, uh, he couldn't make it. So he said, well, look, I've got, a, I've got a mate called Chet O'Connell. He could come and fill in for you, you know, fill in. So he did and never really left. And, and Chet's sort of background was a lot more country-fied. He liked, you know, country music was sort of his thing in a way. But he played with his dad, too, when he was about 10 or 11 or 12. And he, he knows every shadow song known to man. But, so, and, and, and Chet stayed and, and um, over the years developed into uh, more of what we do with sort of more rhythm and blues and stuff and, and roots music and stuff. But it's really good to have a, a right-hand man like that who guides, guides us through it all. He's good with rehearsals, good with giving cues. And it's great for me because it, it takes the emphasis off me being up front all the time I'd rather just be part of the band you know what I mean but having someone who leads it which he's good at um, just makes life a lot easier for me and, and for the rest of us too because you know what's coming next and we don't get a huge amount of time to rehearse you know so uh, a lot of it's intuition and uh, once you've got the basic thing away we go you know so yeah, that's it's, yeah. He's got he's played with heaps and heaps of people. Chet has, you know, um, a, a list a long, a mile long, you know. And um, because he's adaptable, can play different styles, and can can read, a good reader, you know, and a ranger and stuff. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm really lucky to have him. Yeah, he was and, he was um, in, he was in town yesterday, Mitch, with uh, opportunity. Yeah. I went, I saw oh, that's right. I saw yes, the it show. is another gig. The opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I saw the show and he he was just spectacular. It was really really good. I was. Who was on it? Uh, Sue Donaldson. Um, yeah. Uh, and a couple of the regular Marion Burns. Marion Burns. And uh, and and Chet was there, their new hand, yeah. and he just stole the show. He was just outstanding. It was really good to you watch. You think? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. yeah oh, well, it's a, oh, that's a good. Well, Susie Donaldson, isn't it amazing after all these years and she still sings great. Yeah, she sounded wonderful. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. She's just amazing. So, oh, that's good. Yeah, I knew he was doing the opportunity thing and uh, I haven't been approached yet. They might say, oh, would you like to do it? <laughs> you're, not, you're not old enough yet, man. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, uh, Midge, it occurred to me, uh, you know, over, over some periods of your career, you've spent some time as an educator. You were tutoring bluesology, which is, you know, is an interesting phrase in itself. Um, and and no doubt, uh, over the course of the time, you've mentored a few musicians along the way. Is is sort of passing on the knowledge still part of of what you like to do? Do you spend some time with other perhaps up and coming musicians to talk a through the business or b through technique and so forth? 
Yeah, it's mainly the thing that I'm mainly uh, concerned with is making sure that they do know where a lot of the music comes from. You know, I, I I worked at WinTech in uh, Waikato, Hamilton, for ten, twelve years, and I worked with uh, Liam Ryan. He was also working at the Polytech there, and I also taught uh, a New Zealand and Australian music history, which I don't think anyone's ever done before, and uh, opened up their opened up their minds to music that's gone before and and um that was a really successful class and people really liked it and then i organized them to go and interview uh new zealand artists that were still around um i mean neil finn did one dave dobbin and everyone everyone was totally happy to do it so in that way they make connection with it and uh but the, the history of the new zealand australian music scene, particularly new zealand is a lot of young people have no idea where it came from, you know, and so that 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 part of the school. And Johnny Cooper was one that I first met when we started playing, and I didn't know who Johnny Cooper was, but he sold more records than the Beatles at some stage, you know, and the the the, the, the Murray singing cowboy he was, and people don't know about him either, you know. It's amazing, but now there's a lot more awareness, and we've got this wonderful site, um, which I'm sure you're all aware of, which is free. It's a government-sponsored site called Audio Culture. Yeah. Are you aware of that one, Jeff? Have Absolutely. You, you it's a, it's Isn't it fantastic? Very well-written articles, comprehensive stuff, links to great videos and music clips and photographs and history. Mm-hmm. It's uh, definitely worth exploring. Well, I mean, on that note, you know, the, the, the live scene itself has changed tremendously since since uh, you first started going up and down oh. the country. I mean, ha, do, yeah. how do you feel yeah. about it at the moment? Do you, and in terms of, um, you know, rhythm and blues in particular, are you are you optimistic that there are, there's A, the talent, and B, the opportunity at the moment? Yeah, definitely. There's always someone, you kind of think that, you know, this, this music, sort of blues, rhythm and blues, it doesn't really date. You know, it stays pretty relevant, but there's always a new generation of young people who decide they want to have a crack at it and do it their own way. You know, and that's really that's that's really good. But I think blues itself is uh, it's a very small market. You know, but you've got some really great people in this country still doing it. I mean, look at people like Darren Watson. You know, he's still out there touring and doing his doing his thing. And um, every little city, every little town seems to have a blues band and. Um, I don't really get to hear that many, but there's some really fine players. Um, I get to hear one of the Flaming Mudcats up here. They're a very, very good rhythm and blues band. Excellent, you know. So the, the music stays alive, and it's just like any of that old stuff. You go back to the 30s, 40s, 50s, the way that black black music and blues evolved, and then every now and again a new name will come along and take it a step further. I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan, for instance, there, there's one that came along and and, um, and created it to his generation because they don't know about the old music either. But uh, every now and again, you know, I guess George Thurgood, I mean, there's um, Ben Harper, um, that, what's his name? Uh, I can't think of his name. Somebody, uh, Clark Jr. Oh, yeah. Somebody Clark, he's fantastic. Gary Clark Jr. Gary Clark Jr., Gary Clark Jr. Gary Clark Jr. yeah. So, it continues it just keeps evolving which is really nice and younger new people put a different slant on it so that's what i mean because it, it's sort of a timeless music that and it'll it'll never get it never dates because it pretty much stay sticks to the same uh routine of how blues is played you know but people put a new flavor onto it which i really like you know which is really good 
Well, we're really happy that uh, you're still at the Vanguard Midge and you're coming and playing at the Mayfair Theatre Saturday the 22nd of May uh, with the Oxo Cubans and also with Master Guitarist Chet O'Connell on board. It'll be a fantastic night and as we've heard, uh, tickets are uh, getting uh, going out the door pretty fast. So you want to go to tickets.oxocubans.co.nz That's tickets.oxocubans.co.nz to make sure that you can be there for the night. Midge Marsden and... Craig Reeves and Marcel Rodica, thank you so much for taking some time to join us here on the Awesome Morning Show. Um, we're going to go out with a track. Uh, I don't know uh, what you can tell us about this one. It's uh, Little Raymage. Tell us about this track. Yeah, um, Little Ray, one of uh, several songs uh, written by Mike, Mike Farrell, a guitar player who I knew in the 60s. He used to be in bands around Wellington like Tom Thumb and stuff, and he was a great songwriter. And uh, this is one of the ones that he wrote. And it's funny enough, Ray Columbus thought it was about him. <laughs> <laughs> Priceless. Well, that goes in the book, Mitch. Yeah. That goes in the yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. um, thanks so much for joining us on the Awesome Morning Show. Travel well. Thanks, Jeff, and we'll see you in a few weeks. See, oh, a see, weeks. see you, Mitch. See you, mate. Okay, mate. Hey, cheers. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.